Well, good morning, everyone, especially boys and girls. You know what, boys and girls? It is now your turn to get to play deacon because you're going to get to collect the dollar bills that people have out for you. And while they're doing this, I, it, since it's Mother's Day weekend, by the way, I would like to preface the children's story with a few words of my own. A few week, two weeks ago, Rod Metcalf put his arm around my shoulder after church, and I knew I was in for it. <laughs> Sam, he said, would you be willing to tell a children's story? And I said, when? And he said, well, he says, whenever you can. Since he gave me carte blanche, I said, how about next year? No, I really, <laughs> I really didn't say that. I said, How's it, how about a couple of weeks? Fine, he said, that's good. So, a few days later, he calls me, and he says, Where's the children collecting the money? Don't we have any children here? Okay. All right, because we don't have any piano music because I'm talking. Well, anyway, he's, I told him, I said, in a couple of weeks. So he calls me up a few days later, and he said, Sam, he says, the Sabbath you are telling, the children's story happens to be Mother's Day weekend. And could you tell a story that kind of fits the occasion? Now, folks, I'm not like the pastor here and some of the rest of you that can adjust their remarks at the drop of a hat to fit the occasion. You see, this old computer on my shoulder to be able to program it takes a long and laborious process. And I told Rod, I said, I do have a mother in the story, coincidentally. He said, great. So I got to thinking about it afterwards. And I said to myself, you know, this story really is a Mother's Day story because it shows how a mother taught her son to know and love Jesus in spite of a less than ideal situation in the home. So, even though this is a children's story, I would like to dedicate this to all of you dear mothers and possible future mothers. Because there is a large responsibility on your shoulders. And that responsibility is in the guiding of your children in the formative years. It brings to mind an old, old saying, which many of you probably know. And that is, the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. So I wish all of you, dear mothers, a happy and memorable Mother's Day. On with the children's story. Well, good morning, boys and girls. Good morning. Do you know what tomorrow is? 
Why, of course, it's Mother's Day, the day we honor our mothers. And you know what I'd like for you to do? Tomorrow when you get up, I want you to go and give your mother a great big hug and a kiss because of all the kind and loving things that they do for you. Who makes you breakfast in the morning? Who washes your clothes? And who do you run to whenever you get an owie? Well, it's your mother, of course. And she picks you up, hugs you, and kisses you, and makes your owie go away so you can go out and run and play again. I would like to know, are you happy this morning? Are you really happy? Well, I certainly hope so, because I have a story for you about a family that was happy. And this family was happy until something went wrong. And then this family wasn't happy anymore. But there was someone in the family who did something very, very unusual. Yeah. And then something unusual happened which made this family happy once again. You see, there were only three people in this family. There was a boy by the name of Sidney. Now, Sidney was probably about 10 years old, I want to say. And there was Sidney's mother, and there was Sidney's father. Now, Sidney and his mother, they really, really liked to do things together. They like to read the Bible together, they like to pray together, and they especially enjoyed going to church together. But sad to say, Sidney's father, he didn't like to do any of those things. Oh, he called himself a Christian, all right, and he wanted his friends to think of him as a Christian. Some of the things he said and some of the things he did were not the kind of things that a good Christian should be saying or doing. And as for prayer, why? He hadn't said a prayer in so long that he'd almost completely forgotten how to pray. Well, one day, Sidney's father said to Sidney and his mother that he would like to go to the lake and take them for a boat ride. Of course, they thought that was a great idea. So they all jumped in the car and started out. Well, when they got to the lake, Sidney's father parked the car. They went over to the boathouse, picked out a boat that they all really, really liked. Sidney's father then mounted an outboard motor on the back of the boat. Family got in, he started the motor, and off they went. Now, it was just a lovely, lovely day. Sun was shining, birds were singing, and big white puffy clouds were floating across a deep blue sky. And the temperature? Why, the temperature, boys and girls, was just perfect for a boat ride. And as they were going along, Sidney's father talked about how beautiful the trees and the hills were and how happy he was for the outboard motor so he didn't have to row their boat like he used to. And since 
Sydney's father was happy. Sydney's mother was happy. And so was Sydney. Mile after mile after mile, they glided along through the cool blue water. And every now and then, Sydney would reach over the side of the boat just so he could feel the cool water on his hand. All in all, boys and girls, it was just a perfect, perfect day. Then, all of a sudden, the motor stopped, and complete silence descended upon the surrounding landscape. Now, here they were, clear out in the middle of this great big lake in a small boat, miles from the boathouse with a dead motor. Now, Sidney's father, he didn't seem to be too worried because he had had boat motors quit on him before. All you have to do, he said, is wrap a rope around the starter pulley, give it a pull, the motor would start and off they would go again. So that's just exactly what he did. He wrapped a rope around the starter pulley, gave it a pull, and nothing happened. So he did it a second time, wrapping that rope around the starter pulley, giving it another pull, and still nothing happened. He did it again, wrapping that rope around the starter pulley. But this time, he really, really pulled on that rope with all his might. And you know what happened, boys and girls? Nothing. That motor just refused to start. So, Sidney's father checked the gas. There was plenty of gas. He opened and closed the throttle a few times. It seemed to work just fine. In fact, Sidney's father did everything he could possibly think of to get that motor to start. But it just wouldn't go. So, not knowing what else to do, he kept pulling on that starter rope, trying to get that motor to start. And since it wouldn't go, he, the smile on his face, changed to a frown. Would have to do this, he growled. Here we are, out in the middle of this lake, nine miles from the boathouse. And to think that I am going to have to row this boat all the way back? Why? We won't get there till sometime tomorrow. And since he didn't want to row that boat all the way back to the boathouse, he kept pulling on that starter rope, trying to get that motor to start. After several more pulls, and the motor didn't even act like it wanted to start, he got angry. And he started talking to that motor just as though it had ears. In fact, he started calling it names, and they weren't nice names either. Now, boys and girls, you and I both know that a motor doesn't start because you begin calling it names. It just doesn't work that way. So, after pulling on that starter rope several more times, and calling that motor a few more unkind names because it wouldn't start, Sidney's father finally gave up. 
and being very upset, he sat down on a seat in the middle of the boat, got out the oars, put them in the oarlocks, and he began rowing that boat all the way back to the boathouse. This is going to be a long trip back, he grumbled, and I will be so tired by the time we get there that I won't even be able to get out of this boat. Now, the sun was still shining, the birds were still singing, and there were still big white puffy clouds floating across the blue sky. But I'm here to tell you, boys and girls, there wasn't any sun shining in that little boat right now. It was like a big black cloud hanging overhead, getting ready to rain. Now, Sydney's mother, she was sitting in the back of the boat, right beside the outboard motor. And Sydney, well, he was sitting clear up in the front of the boat behind his father's back. And every now and then, Sydney and his mother, they would look at each other. It was a knowing kind of look because each knew how the other felt. And both of them were wondering, now what do we do next? Then, all of a sudden, from behind his father's back, where his dad couldn't see him, Sidney sent his mother a secret signal. First, he put his hands together like he was going to pray. Then, with his right arm, he pointed up at the sky. For a moment there, his mother wondered what he meant. Then, Sidney sent her his secret signal again. But this time, he pointed at the motor first. Then, he put his hands together like he was going to pray. And afterward, with his right arm, he pointed up at the sky again. His mother smiled. Just a little teensy-weensy smile and barely nodded her head. Then Sidney knew that his secret signal had gotten through. Now Sidney's mother, she didn't dare put her hands together like she was going to pray because she was so afraid of what Sidney's father might say. So all she did was close her eyes for a moment or two, said a little prayer, and then when she opened them, she very quietly, without saying a word, wrapped that rope around the starter pulley again. Then, looking over at Sidney, she saw him send her his secret signal one last time. First, he put his hands together like he was going to pray. Then, with his right arm, he pointed up at the sky again. His mother just nodded her head ever so little. And then she said another little prayer as she pulled on that starter rope with all her might. And all of a sudden, there was a loud purring noise as that old boat motor came to life and sent a welcoming echo back from the surrounding hills. Well, as you can imagine, boys and girls, Sidney's father, he stopped rowing that boat right away. Well, bless my soul, he cried. What in the world did you do to get that motor to start? Oh, 
said Sidney's mother, I just wrapped that rope around the starter pulley, said a little prayer, and then I pulled on that rope just as hard as I could. Prayer? exclaimed Sidney's father. Well, that's just a bunch of fiddlesticks. Prayer could never have started that motor. But Dad, said Sidney, I was praying too. Mom and I, we were both praying together. Oh, fiddlesticks, said his father again. Just plain fiddlesticks. Prayer isn't going to start that motor, especially when I couldn't even start it myself. Well, Sidney's father moved to the back of the boat and sat down beside Sidney's mother to enjoy the long ride back to the boathouse. And as he was sitting there, he began to wonder if maybe he had been making a mistake. And just maybe Sidney and his mother were right. And perhaps they had found something that he had missed. And prayer did do things for people after all. Now, boys and girls, as you can see, Sidney's secret signal had really, really worked. It not only had gotten Jesus to help them get that old boat motor started, but it had also gotten his father started on the way back to God. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, we know that you love everyone and want us to pray to you, especially when we need help and don't know what to do, just like Sidney and his mother did. But help us to remember to always be thankful for answered prayers and for everything that we have. 